there are some lies in our science books. Taught it for 15 years. Even though I'm not teaching it anymore, I still like to study. It's so many neat things to learn. We're going to cover some of that tonight. Perception is being managed. We are being steered and guided by a hidden hand. The whole world has been duped by the media that is not real. <laughs> smart thinking, possible time traveler, smart thinking. That night, boom, contact memory. And then, Alex, if you don't agree, you'll be sent to a re-education camp. Just because I'm old doesn't mean I've lost my touch with the ladies. Experts are suggesting that we're in a golden age of shape-shifting reptilian sightings. Now, why is that? I was, and still am, a huge conspiracy guy. I literally ran out of new tin hat topics to research. It was most definitely not capable of melting steel. Then I would be a crackpot if I thought that was that was the, the case. Hey, no, don't start like that. <laughs> hey. All right, out. Do you start any of your projects like that? Hey! <laughs> no. You just hey! Stop! 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 That's running while you're wearing a leather jacket. You just come from your Happy Days stage show. <laughs> well, because uh, we were talking about hitting the button, and I was going to say like hit that subscribe button and the like button. Why hit would you say that on a podcast? I don't know. It's a YouTube. Uh, welcome to the Hypothetical Institute, a podcast. Oh, sorry, we're we keeping you up. Are you going to actually start it as aggressively as that? <laughs> That was pretty aggressive. I look, <laughs> listener, I yawned, but I leaned back, so it wasn't a microphone. No one would have known. <laughs> yeah. No one would have been the wiser. And Cam, keep you up, keep you up. Welcome to the Hypothetical Institute of Podcast. Oi, <laughs> oi, you. <laughs> Cam is absolutely in the mood that if if I, if I poured him some water and it wasn't quite to the top, he'd be like, died out. Yeah. I don't wet the bed, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Hypothetical Institute. And then he'd just fucking drink my drink instead. Yeah. I had one sip. A podcast about conspiracies. (laughs) My name is Luke. I'm Salty. Hey, it's me, Cam. Oh, hey, Cam. That's how I start my tweets. Yeah. Uh, What's, uh, how is everyone? Good. Yeah, good, thank you. Also good. Good. Glad to hear it. Let's talk about... You sound glad to hear it too. Let's talk about Gippsland. Yeah, Gippsland and... The Dark. Yeah, we're doing another topic. Are we? What was the other topic? (laughs) (laughs) Those stones in France. Oh, I didn't look at those up at all. Oh my God. Right, we're doing Gippsland Panther. Oh my God. Did you look up the stones? We've had two weeks. Sorry, Robbo, did you look up those stones at all? Yeah. You did? I don't have 30 minutes of gear. No, I looked them up as well. I don't have 30 minutes of gear. Yeah, all right. I've got a somewhat amusing mathematician, and that's it. Oh, I've got an Enya song. And now I've just blown up my spot, so I've got less than that now. All right. Shall we just talk about Giftsland then? Uh, the Karnak Stones. Yeah. yeah. Sarnak? Karnak. Karnak. Yeah. In France. Oh. Did yeah. you see the thing how they like they point to something, but to get it to point to something, they have to draw like a thousand random lines. Oh yeah, through is that, it? Is that the, the mathematician? The yeah, thing? yeah. So I uh, also saw they point east to west, north to east, north to south directly. I couldn't mm. really. I don't think they did. 
Anyway, let's talk about that. So, should, are we going to talk about the, this really shit house Stonehenge in France? If well, you've got, got some no other gear, fucking Aldi Stonehenge. Didn't, it was it your suggestion? How are you? A not prepared, and now ripping on us for being prepared because <laughs> it's your suggestion. You put this one in. All right, today we're talking about the Karnak Stones, the fucking French Stonehenge that everyone loves. We're also going to talk about Gippsland, home of some pretty cool dudes. Uh, Robbo, let's start with the Karnak Stones. What did you find out? <laughs> uh, so these are some stones that are in France. Mm-hmm. There's lots of them, right? Yeah, lots of them. There's a few myths around them. Cornelius, known as Corneli in France, um, legend has it that he was per- persecuted in Rome for his opposition to animal sacrifice. Okay. Uh, not luck in cha- Phoenix much? Chased by soldiers all the way to the Brittany coast. Trapped, he turned around and changed the pursuers into... 3,000 rough-hewn stones that still stand in military rows on a chain of fields. Uh, who was Cornelius? Uh, I don't know if you noted that down. Um, there are other hypotheses. Uh, they're carbon dated to four, between 4,000 and 2,000 BC. They, one is they mark one of Caesar's camps during the Gallic Wars from 58 to 50 BC. Or they were snake worship sites for ancient Celts whose territory included parts of England and Ireland as well as Brittany. Or maybe there were goblin lairs and fairy treasures. Whoa. Oh. But St. Cornelius works for me. Uh, I didn't know down who St. Cornelius was. Some old dude. Yeah. A saint. It was against animal sacrifice. Yeah. Um, so they have been analysed. They are. The patron saint of super woke celebrities. And turning things into stone. Yeah. Um, they are that old. Uh, and there's this mathematician, um, uh, Howard Crowhurst. Um, and this guy is like super into ancient ancient mathematics and like mm. huge star alignments and stuff, which all I tried to like find some information about him, and there wasn't really much other than his like cooked books, basically. And like he he didn't seem as cooked as other other people. And the the YouTube um, he was on is um, is channeled by this guy. His last name's Wilder Wilderberger. Um, and I looked him up on Reddit, and people are like, "Oh, Wilderberger is is fine. He's not like while he might do some ancient mathematic gear, he's not actually that cooked." Um, although some person, one person says, "He's a notorious crank," and his opinions aren't shared by the vast majority of mathematicians. He claims um, two plus two is seven. Yeah, that all of our mathematics are wrong, but has yet to find a concrete, verifiable error. I don't think he deserves more attention than the time cube guy. Um, yeah. Someone else says, um, I don't think he's a groundbreaking genius, but I don't think he should be on the street selling pencils in a cup either. Is that what he's doing? <laughs> he isn't, no. So he's got a YouTube channel. He's so, And this person was on it who does, he's done a lot of research into these stones. Um, and this person has basically looked at the stones, says they line up with the stars, as you said, drew a whole bunch of triangles and said, oh, yeah. they line up with this and that. But he did... Some of his lining up, he's gone, okay, there's one here and there's one here. I think there's going to be one 400 metres that way. Yeah. And he's managed to trace down more. Um, but then he like he looks at them and goes, see, if you look at the edge of this one, it's in a straight line to that one. I think there's more of that straight line gear when you just line up two arbitrary yeah. points and go, oh, look, straight line. The yeah. picture of all these lines I saw looked so chaotic and random. I'm yeah. like, well, I did read how you've done this, but I can't see how you've done this. Um, there was all these white lines and then a few red ones. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's the difference? What's the red ones for? And I think why these people don't get 
criticised, or there's not much about them, you know, from sceptics or anything, is because they don't really make any claims. There aren't a lot of, you know, giant Nephilim place them there and it's it's mm. been covered up. They just kind of say, oh, you know, they put them there. Yeah. The old-timey old people put them there and they were idiots because they're old-timey. Yeah. Um, it, was, at, it was just druids. No one really cares about what druids are up to. Yeah. Well, except that druids were mucking around in the fields yeah. around the place. If It doesn't matter if they were putting stones out or whatever. Mm. But they're like, so this guy's like, you know, they Mushing line up. up berries. They line up. They line up with the solstice, um, which I think they do. Some Something in there points to Stonehenge. Yeah, something. But like. It's something we've talked about in the past of we just we can't just assume that people who were people at that time mm. civilization was was starting they're just idiots like they can't line a thing up with the sun or they can't point a thing to another thing like they could do that yeah. it was at the time like I think written language was being started in some parts of the world copper smelting was happening in some mm. parts of the world it's reasonable to assume they went oh, the sun. The- I wonder if we could line this up with that big fucking thing in the middle of the yeah. sky. <laughs> yeah. And like at, at this point every year, that seems to be when the sun's highest because we've charted it because we're not idiots. We mm. can we could draw a little sign in, you know, in some stone or something. You can line it up every year and it's kind of a cool thing and we'll have a little party. Yeah. Like this is not unreasonable to think. And the, maybe we'll kill someone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's no evidence of that. Just to make that clear. All right. I can also make clear that I don't care about um, celebrities having opinions. Uh, but I do, uh, now I want to clarify that point. Yeah. Um, is that I mean, I don't care about the topic at all. I'm not angry about it. Okay. What's that to do with Karnak? To do with Because I said something before. About a celebrity. About, yeah. about uh, something about wokeness. I don't care about it. Okay. Um, I think when we just ignored it because... Yeah. yeah. No, but that's okay because you can't cancel me. You don't have the right to. We're not trying to cancel you. You're my mate. I don't want anyone listening. I don't want any enemies listening because I know most of the people listening are friends who won't cancel their mates. But I don't. I, I didn't mean for this clarification to go on this long. <laughs> I just wanted to retract my statement earlier about whatever the fuck I said. When, mm. when I said about super woke things, that was just a bit. Yeah. I don't care. Cam, are you okay? Yeah. Let's keep, let's keep it moving. Um, I watched another video um, by... Uh, I don't know the name down, but she's uh, presenting herself as a legitimate um, YouTube philosopher, researcher, historian thing. Okay. Um, st- started off with an Enya song. Yeah. Anyone's allowed to be a, a YouTube philosopher. Yeah. Um, and she said that the, these have been analysed by scientists, but nonetheless full of mystery. What Enya song did it start with? Um, Who sent me that one? Oh. Not Sail Away. Another one. Yeah. Um, can we have a few more bars? No. I can hear it clearly in my head, but to translate an Enya song into into voice, being only one person with not even a harp around me, let alone mm. the amount of tracks that Enya was clearly using at the time mm. to create her beautiful soundscapes, is not possible. Well, and it wouldn't be fair for someone with such an angelic face to also have such an angelic voice. Well, other than Enya. Yeah. Mm. Um, she also said uh, it became... Clear that they had been built centuries before by an ancient civilization unknown, far from being the naked painted savages who painted their bodies and ate their cousins. Oh. Uh, that's the only thing I pulled out of that because I, I don't know where she got the cousin eating from. Mm. What she's saying is the people that put these rocks there, um, the people that put these rocks there 
weren't savages because they didn't eat their cousins. Yeah. And they didn't paint their bodies. Yeah. We don't know who did it. Yeah. But I didn't, I don't know who ate their cousins. I tried <laughs> to look up cousin eating. She's got a lot of Pornhub. <laughs> so like, I don't know. She's making these claims about cousin eating naked people. Well, I mean, there are like other druids or like the woad, woad people. Is that a thing? Yeah. I'm drawing heavily on Age of Empires 2 right okay. now. <laughs> <laughs> there, was some, there was a bit of like body painting there, right? Yeah. Did, I don't know if Age of Empires 2 ever went into the cousin munching though. No. It certainly wasn't. There was no animations for it that I saw in the game. Yeah, there was gathering wood, mm. mining ore. Um, so I, these are cool. I enjoyed looking at the stones. They're all in very straight lines. It's cool. They're kind of Wait, in a random field. Here's my question, though. Could an ancient civilization put things in a line? Yes. Would that be? Would they be, be capable of that without modern rulers? They, yep. the the guy was talking about this other stone thing on this this YouTube, and he's like, you know, these giant rocks, and they had to come from this other place far away, um, and they don't know how they got them there. And the big thing is, there's only a river between the two places. Like, yeah, but they could have worked that out. Yeah. And like, I reckon. If someone rocks up to your village and he's got a big stone, mm. or she, and says, "Hey, I've got <laughs> this, I've, I've got this big bloody stone that I got from this quarry. Yeah, good stones in our quarry. Mm. You give me some of your your wine. We're in France. Mm. We'll trade. And then they keep that stone in their village for a while. And then someone else is like, oh, let's get more of these stones. Mm. And they just line them up. Yeah, should we should we lay them out just haphazardly, or should we make it look nice? Yeah, was France a big wine making country in the thirteen? 13- 100 BCs, 3000 BCs, have glass then? You don't need glass to make wine. Wine is made from grapes, salty. <laughs> yeah, but when the, what bottles would they put them in? Yeah, what are they drinking it you'd, out of? Some clay pots? Yeah, you'd put you'd ferment them in amphora or barrels. It was probably amphora at the time, clay. Yeah, and no, no one was coopering at that time, mate. Yeah, and then, you, and then you put that, you scoop it, you ferment them in that, seal it up, take it out, pour it into a thing and have yourself a in little party. 3000 BC? Part of me wants to trust your judgment because you're a you know an alco or you know a lot about it about being an alco. But they were smelting co- copper. Yeah, in the, in smelting copper is not the same as fermenting. That's grapes. chucking a bunch of copper on a fire until it. Uh, discovery of late Stone Age jugs suggests intentionally fermented beverages existed at least as early as the Neolithic period, ten thousand BC. Whoa, um, it's not hard to ferment something. Fermenting is just leaving something out. Which is what wine is. What do you think wine is? Uh, French wine. Yeah, go on. French wine originated in BC 6th century. So, so a little bit, uh, about 2,400 years old. Yeah. But, okay, fermented whatever. Fermented fruit. Yeah. Fermented some booze. Just prison wine. I think I just said they just traded it for some wine as a throwaway thing. I don't know. Trade it for some grains then. Trade it for a leather shoe. Well, just people trust your judgment on these things yeah. and they should know that they shouldn't. And they should know that there's someone that's going to pull you up if we think you're out of line. <laughs> yeah. They should know, you know, imposter syndrome. In this case, you are an imposter. You oh. You're so trustworthy. Start of we- the weekend. You've just ruined my weekend. Thanks, Cam. <laughs> so trustworthy that we need to make sure that if when you say something that's incorrect, people know that it's. Well, no, Robbo made a mistake there. Otherwise, people would be like, fuck, where do I get a bottle of this fucking 3000 BC Pinot? I don't want anyone losing trivia because of you, Robbo. 
Um, well, we're not so vague. They're not going to be like, like when do they start fermenting wine? And like, I don't know, the Pope was somewhere between four and 5,000 BC. Oh, that might work. Anyway. Um, you know how people's brains work? They'll be like, oh, fuck. Robbo made that throwaway comment the other day. That just popped into my mind. That must, yeah, I'm glad I listened to that. Maybe they traded some with the Egypts or the Persians. The Egypts. Egypts. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker of his in Egypt. Uh, so Greece was into to wine in 2000 BC. Oh, they got them from the Greeces. The Grecians. It's Grecians. <laughs> Ancient Rome, not too far. All right. Anyway, that's going to need not cancelling you. That's going to need some judici- judici- judicious editing. Mm. My point being, the 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 stone getting there is, is easily possible. Mm. People in old timey weren't dumb. They no. could line things up. God damn, this episode sucks. <laughs> Why does no one care about these? Because <laughs> uh, they're not Stonehenge. Yeah, they're just rocks in a field. Yeah. The, the, only, line up. the only good thing that came out of Brittany in fucking France is the band Cornog. Okay. Mm. Jamie McMenemy. I mean, he, like wine, wasn't around 4,000 BC. No, he's pretty old, though. No. Britney Spears? Why did you suggest this, Cam? If, <laughs> if, if, if the best that you have really given us today is an unrelated story about Joaquin Phoenix, and then an explanation about that that no one needed, and then the joke, the pun on Britney. <laughs> um, I don't know if we should really give it that much credit either. Uh, I was not giving it any credit. Sorry, I don't know if that's what you thought was me giving it credit. Speaking of, um, you mentioned the Nephilim before. Did you follow the story from uh, your homeland? Uh, yes, this I last did. Week? It's in the news thread, I think. Yeah, all right. Well, we're going to talk about it now, as long as we're talking about Nephilim and we need to fill out the Karnak business. Oh, my God. So did you, you read the story that so there's like an archaeological dig in New Zealand? Yes. Oh, that's right. I like calling that what that was before a pun. Probably calling this an archaeological dig is giving a lot of undeserved credit. Uh, digging a hole under a road. Yeah, I think. so this is the racist New Zealand group that are like. Well, because no one knows who this mob are. Mm. Uh, but definitely the idea of a lot of the people who are looking for pre-Maori civilizations in New Zealand tend to be a little bit racist. Mm. Yeah. So this mob probably are racist. And too. I think those those things, they've sold a convincing enough lie to people that might not be racist to think, oh, there's a mystery here. But then you unpack the people that are really pushing it and they're the racists. Yeah. Because people like a mystery. But these guys are like especially dumb because this is not – what's the – what are like the pygmy people that were supposed to have been driven out of New Zealand, the Mori? The Moriori? Yeah. Which they, that, that's also been basically proven to be a complete myth, right? Um, they existed. Um, yeah, but the the Maori didn't kill them off. No, Zealand. how they've been presented um, historically in New Zealand is completely wrong. So this isn't that even. This is the idea that there was a race of giants that mm. lived in New Zealand before the Maori. It's like if your end, like if you're a Nazi in New Zealand, you're like my end game is to like delegitimize, uh, the, you know, Maori claim to Aotearoa. I don't know if I'd go with, yeah, there were giants that roamed the lands. Well, there, 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 was, there, there is that theory of the, the race of people that lived like the wood nymphs or elves or whatever that people's claim were, were part of a Māori tribe that 
had ginger hair and fair skin and blue eyes. Um, which I think that theory has been pushed by racists to say, oh, there's a link to whatever. Mm. Um, so I, th- I think there is some connection to that as well. Because I think I think the problem here for the Nazis is that some Nazis are like, yeah, that there was like an ancient race of uh, Aryan giants, mm. and they're like they're not helping themselves if they if they want to do like a land claim down the track. So so there's this farm. They found a mower bone. Yeah, so there's this, yeah, there's this farm in New Zealand mm. where that has a road going through it, and they've started digging under it because they reckon there's like giant skeletons down there, mm. and they're like, we've got permission from the the landowner, and the landowner's like, they absolutely do not have any permission from me. I didn't know they were there mm. digging a hole under my road, which by the way I don't appreciate. Mm. And yeah, they they found some bones, and they're like, this is clearly the bone of a giant, and like. Obviously, the government wants to cover all this up, so they're like, "No, that's a mower bone." Mm. Very clearly, look at this other mower bone; they're identical. Yeah, uh, mowers very big. Anyway, they've wrapped it up, I think. Yeah, they stopped, but they put a um, they've put a reiki protection over it. Yeah, so they I think they were caught out, or people started losing interest, or they were losing fun. So they, I don't know what how the news even picked it up. Maybe they told the news they'd stopped, or the farmer blabbed. Um, but yeah, they put a Reiki protection over it, which I don't think I never. My understanding of Reiki is not what you can do in Reiki is put protections on things with a spell. Mm. Might be a type of Reiki I'm not familiar with. I thought it was just a healy thing. Yeah. Well, I was looking it up. You can you can put Reiki shields on things. Okay, so that's what they've done. And um, well, I was looking at like a a Reiki like how to guide for how to put up a shield, and uh, it's all about visualizing the shield as a big part of it. Mm. But they also instructed that uh, one way that you could help construct your personal protection shield is when you put it up, you visualize a shield sort of surrounding you, your aura hardening. Mm. And at, while you're doing that, you say, Shields up! Really? Cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. What kind of bloody starship? So, like, let's, let's yeah. just say that you're on uh, the train yeah. as, you know, a crowded train. And so there's, you know, obviously there's the threat of energy vampires, et cetera. Yep. All around you, people could be sucking up your aura's power. Mm-hmm. All you've got to do, shields up. Let's go, shields up. And I think you'll find that people sort of start to move away from you. Yeah. It's good advice. Shields up, red alert. Yeah, <laughs> you won't be so crowded on the train anymore. Uh, that might be a good thing if you're on the dance floor and you want some room to to cut your moves. Yeah, to pop and lock. Yeah, and you're like, oh, these people are crowding me on the dance floor. It's too crowded in the club tonight. Shields up. Okay. You'd have to say, probably yell it to each person around you just so yeah. they know. <laughs> yeah, um, shields are up. The other thing, that kind of just reminds me of the um, the superhero stance that they teach in like corporate self-help things where standing. Why are you under corporate self-help? Um, I have one of those things I know. All right. I've been to a corporate thing, management courses. and Yeah. And this, this is a mainstream theory here. Okay, tell um, us about the superhero stance. Are you doing it now? Yeah, standing with your... your Arms on your hips and your like chest Superman. out. Yeah. yeah, like a superhero. Well, like Superman. I don't know if they all do that. No, mm. I think it's a superhero. You cape blowing in the wind. Batman's a fucking bit of a hip. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I'll t- Weirdly, think weird thing to get pedantic about. All right, go on. Um, I don't know if you've listened to this podcast before. <laughs> go on. I, I, unfortunately, I have. <laughs> Go on. Um, that that will actually have a, a change on your mindset, and you, there'll be a, actually a physical change in your brain 
when you do that and you'll get you'll be more confident and more um, positive about the day. Is the idea that you do that, like you just do it a little bit yourself in the mirror or something and yeah. then you go into work? Yeah, yeah. Don't Start do it in front of people. Yeah, stand around at work, fucking I mean, hands on your hips. I feel like there's managers that would do that. Yeah. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is that that power of positive thinking, which has been shown to, to have an impact on your brain, if you were to say, you know, you're going out on the day and you're, you're feeling a little bit bad, feeling a little bit down, get some Reiki energy, visualise a shield and say, shields up! Mm. You're going to be ready for the day. No one can poke you. I feel Robo's going to need some bloody Reiki shields up on this house soon with those pair of shoes on the table out there. Like classic bad luck. What? Shoes some on Reiki table? shields up to protect you from the bad luck you're going to get from having your shoes on the table. Uh, there's an old pair of running shoes on the outside table. Yeah. That's what Salty's referring to for yeah. the listener. No wonder shit keeps breaking in here and I keep falling over, hurting myself. What are you talking about? The shoes on a table, bad luck. It's bad feng shui, mate. Huh. It's outside. It's okay. Uh, I don't know uh, how it works. I think it's worse, actually. Uh, no, it's better. Alrighty. So that's the Carnax. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shall we take a little break and come back with some Gippsland? You dive? better have some gear. Yeah. yeah I got some gear, don't Wow. <laughs> And we're back. Gippsland Panther, Cam. 100 million years ago, when wood turned into coal, we know. People of the sun, the soil around the fire, they once toiled. The people of the Gunai, Moe, they still live and die. Hey, Moe. It's time for some Moe chat. Bit of Gippsland. What was that song you were doing? Uh, it was Moe Man by the Bulla Bulla Band. Okay. But I forgot about the bit about the dinosaurs. 100 million years ago, when wood turned into coal, we know when dinosaurs roamed the land, their footprints in the river sand. I don't know if there were dinosaurs in Maui. Why, why, why not? I don't know. Dinosaurs we, everywhere. I don't know if we need to forensically analyse the Bulla Bulla Band's lyrics, though. You're doing it. Anyway. Uh, Gippsland Panther. Talking about Gippsland. Just about Gippsland and the Panther. Yeah, so the, the topic was Gippsland Panther, but you decided yeah. that you'd look up the Gippsland Ghost. I thought I'd look up about whether there are any ghosts in Gippsland. Other Gippslandy things. Mm. Yeah. Maybe in case, you know, maybe this is why we always see the Panthers running around because they're getting spooked. You're really on thin ice today, Cam. So when I looked up about Gippsland ghosts, I found uh, sort of two things. You didn't think to tell us that, to look up Gippsland ghosts? I told you. He did say. Like I an hour that. before we started recording. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, it was very close to coming here. Yeah. <laughs> so the first thing I discovered was that uh, there were ghost tours at Old Gippstown. Have you ever been to Old Gippstown? No. I think they might have changed the name. You know, I've got a whole book on Australian ghosts, and I'm sure there are Gippsland ghost gear in it. Would have loved to have had time to research. Well, I doubt there would be any of this uh, Old Gippstown gear in it. it was talking shit about your book? I know. <laughs> no, I'm talking shit about these ghosts. I'm, I'm saying the book is too high quality for these dodgy ghosts. So Old Gippstown is like this little heritage park in Maui. Mm. It's uh, directly next to the Maui McDonald's on the freeway. If you're ever traveling through, uh, something to avoid. The Maui McDonald's or the old whatever that was? 
Well, you should avoid the Mummy McDonald's because it's not healthy for you. Mm. But you should turn left at the Mummy McDonald's and go a little bit up the road and you can check out the Moey Lions Football Club Clubhouse, which has fallen into disrepair because they used to be like a, they had a bar mm. and everyone loved to drink there. And then they were like, I don't know if it's really, someone was like, I don't know if it's great for a, you know, us to be a football club and to also have a bar. It's like, you know, it's not a bad look for the kids. That's like every, every football every club. Football club. Yeah. Yeah. So and I can see there is argument around binge drinking in football clubs, being a part of it. I understand how it works. Yeah. It's not great. But I don't think that means we should change social spaces. No. I and how much of a football club's revenue comes from their bar? Very, very much. Yeah. So I think the but the way they sort of compromised was that they kept the bar, but they started to like enforce rules and things and like mm. not serve people alcohol when they were, you know, already intoxicated. You know, okay. fo- following uh, the law. RSA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then as a result, people stopped going there. They're like, yeah. why would I go here when I could go to the pub and where they yeah. don't enforce? The law. If I yeah. can't get maggot down lines, <laughs> yeah, I'll fucking get maggot somewhere else. And so, yeah, the whole thing just fell apart. And I think the there's no there's no football club anymore. I don't know if the club's gone, but their clubhouse is uh, a little bit worse. Where and there was like a little motel there as well, like just a little one room uh, accommodation out the back. If the walls could talk, well, you can go in and check it out because everything's open. Uh, if you set a fire, <laughs> you'd probably help someone out. So what, sorry? If you wanted to set a little fire, if you're a little fire bug, you could probably help someone out with, it, with some insurance. Right. 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 Let's not set fires out in Gippsland, though. They've yeah. Had, they've had a fucking rough Yeah, that's trot. not a good situation. It's nowhere near the bush. It's fine. Anyway, so between the Moey Lions Club and the Moey McDonald's, yeah. just to situate it, because I know that everyone knows where those things are. Yeah. Just uh, quickly speaking on rural soccer clubs. Sure. Well, it's got a lot of soccer clubs oh, yeah. the size of the town. How many soccer clubs has it? I'm trying to think. There's like, so there's... Westlands, Croatia, Lions, Wanderers, mm. Steel City. And I think there's one other one. Maybe S- six. Steel City is a good name for a soccer club. Especially in a wow. Steel City. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how many roller hockey teams do they have now? Now, probably none. Damn shame. Back in the day, they have fucking two leagues. Yeah. Back in the 80s. Yeah, no. 90s. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, And also a lot of uh, football clubs, Same about the same amount of AFL clubs. Oh, yeah. It's good to know that regional sport's thriving. Regional yeah. sport's important for communities. Yep. Yeah. So for the niche audience that knows where the Moe McDonald's is and knows where the Moe Lions Football Club is, mm-hmm. but that doesn't, but doesn't know. know where Old Gippsdown is, Old Gippsdown is between those two locations. Uh, and it's like a bunch of old-timey buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think that... Uh, it's like a shanty town. A little heritage village. It's not a shanty town. Yeah, it's like a little heritage village, but I don't think any of it was... It's not like an old... Village that has been maintained for tourism purposes. They've like either built them as old timey buildings right. or they've like brought them in from somewhere. I think more likely yeah. they were built fresh. However, it's like that castle that's like, yeah, Crow like Castle, modern concrete slabs or something. Yeah, I think Old Gippstown though has been around for long enough that like you could almost say it's old timey right. just by virtue of yep. how long it's been there. Uh, I think unfortunately for the children of Moe, probably they're. Very familiar with it from, I'd imagine, annual school excursions. Right. So we had one in New Zealand near me called Shantytown. Oh. And <laughs> I thought that also Shantytown was just a generic name for that kind of attraction. Yeah. Um, but it's not. No. It's just, yeah. Anyway, you go and get your head in the stocks. You get put in jail for a bit. Hang on. 
Uh, sorry, that was just when I got arrested in the 18th century. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, old Gippsdowns, yeah, it's a bunch of old buildings. They've got like you know, an old pub, an old church. Yeah. I don't think the, they go, it's not as high class as like a, that thing out in Ballarat, you know, blood under the Southern Cross. And yeah, they have they have a similar setup out there. Right? Well, that's a big like, don't they have like a 3D light show or something at that one? Yeah, that, that's the blood under the Southern Cross thing. Yeah. But whatever that place is called. They like you know you can go stay the night in an old timey place and you all dress up and you have your photo taken with a you know a guy under a hood and things. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, up until the guy under the hood, see the old, old style photo. <laughs> oh, the guy's taking the photo. Yeah. You said you get your photo taken with, with a guy under the hood. Yeah, I thought it's you like next to a bloke who's been hung. Yeah, or a guy like a KKK member or a. Um, someone that's going to cut someone's head off in a, with a guillotine. Executioner. That one. Yeah. So anyway, it's not like as high class as that. I think mm-hmm. it's just you go for a few hours and you walk around and you're like, oh, this is a bit shit. I think they might do a thing at Halloween. Oh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, they started doing ghost tours there. It was a mob from Melbourne. Oh, city uh, folk. City folk going out to the country to do ghost tours. But it, they're like, you know, they were talking about all of the ghosts that were there. I'm like... Where are these ghosts coming from? So you did this tour? No, I, ne- I didn't do it. I okay. Just, in my research, yeah. when I was preparing judiciously yeah. for this podcast, I did a lot of research. And one of the things I researched was these ghost tours. Yeah. And they're like, there's all of these ghosts. Uh, so they were asked, you know, are any of them bad ghosts? Naughty they, ghosts. No, I think they're like, are there any are there any negative spirits? They're like, they sort of, they were a bit coy about this. They're like, there aren't negative spirits. There's just like crotchety old ghosts that are like products of their time. Mm. I think what they're saying is they were racist ghosts. Yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, it's just how things were back then. But it's like their, their explanation was that, you know, the ghosts were attached to the buildings themselves. And so when the buildings were moved to Old Gibbstown, I, I, you know, I can't say with 100% certainty that it wasn't like mm. a little mining town on the edge of Moey that was actually from the 1800s or whatever, but I don't think it was. But, uh, yeah, I think the ghosts have come there was sort of the implication. And they also said when they're doing the ghost tours, sometimes the ghosts are there, ghosts that have followed uh, the tourists in. Right. And so then if that's the case, they sort of take the tourists off to the side and Tell them the, the message from the other side that has been imparted uh, to them. I thought they'd take them aside and be like, fucking take these ghosts with you. Yeah, we've got enough, enough ghosts already. Anyway, that's old Gippstown. Uh, <laughs> Do you want to hear a review from old Gippstown? <laughs> it looks to be mostly positive on, on the Google reviews, yeah, to so be fair. Have you just gone down to the one starers? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lay at a super negative... Somebody's had a real bad time at Old Gibbs Town. Look, look, it's not negative. I don't want to judge anyone's <laughs> lifestyle. I just, it needs to be common. There's one of those ones where there's just heaps of fucking bees there all the time. <laughs> <laughs> what was that face? <laughs> Can I just say before you say this, the, my one memory of Old Gibbs Town, now that I think about it, is someone having like their prescription sunglasses stolen from them. Right. And they're like, what are they going to do with them? Their prescription. I remember that sort of clearly, but I don't remember anything else. Okay. So I'm just hoping that this review is like, I had my prescription sunglasses stolen. <laughs> or someone else even saying, I found some prescription sunglasses. I tried to turn them into lost and found. And they were rude about it? Yeah. Look, 
I bet Eden Leah, who left this review two years ago, would love to not have her glasses because she saw filthy men doing filthy things in the toilets. Response from the owner. Hi, Eden. As per our follow-up conversation. So she had raised her attention and she still wanted to bloody get her piece out on the internet. Yeah. Uh, these are not the park's toilets as they are a public facility outside the park's ground. I was going to say that. <laughs> we were deeply disturbed to hear of this happening. We have followed this up with all appropriate avenues to ensure it doesn't happen again and have it investigated and further. Kind regards, old Gippsland team. They're making, yeah, that's, they've changed to the old Gippsland, old Gippsland or whatever. It used to be old Gippsland. Old Gippsland. Um, a few other people complain that the cafe is sometimes closed. Mm. When they go there. Um, so they're, they're saying that the blokes are getting it on, not yeah. in their toilets, in the public, in the public toilets. toilets. And that's what I was going to say, actually. Do they have their own toilets? Uh, I, I would think so. But yeah, there are sort of public toilets just outside. And that's where I thought she was talking about. And I was going to say, that's not really their responsibility. But then, now that they've said we've fo- followed it up and made sure it'll never happen again, I'm thinking... And that's a promise you can't keep because sometimes dudes just want to get sucked off or to suck off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be hand stuff. We do not know. Yeah. yeah. Could have been full penetration. We do yeah. not know. Yeah. But you can't just stop it. You can't police everywhere. No. no. It's like backburning. You've got these people who say, we need, you know, we need to backburn everything. You can't burn the whole forest down to stop it from catching on fire. Yeah. The same thing is you can't, you know, I don't know. Doesn't Why are we talking about backburning? Because <laughs> I said it before. Because I can't police top. all the toilets. Yeah, you can't police every um, toilet. So I'm curious to know how old traffic this is now. Because the way you described it, Cam, mm. between the McDonald's that's on the highway. So, yeah, okay, right. And then the the footy club, which is clearly, you know, footy clubs need a bit of space. And then there's this old towny thing. So I'm not imagining a much traffic there. Is this a known place, for, a known hangout if you were driving along the highway? Looking you know, for a random encounter. Yeah, you know other men are going to be going into this spot. This is a, a known beat, as they call them. Do you think? Are we talking about, are Or we talking is it well-trafficked enough that just two two men might have been in there and went, hey, while we're here. Are we talking about Old Gibson or the, to- or the toilets? The toilets. The toilets. That we're now ta- This podcast episode is now about those toilets. <laughs> uh, no, I think it would be a good beat. Yeah, it's just off the highway. Okay. And it's like, it's right off it. So it's not that cl- far, it's quite far from the old Gippsland town. Then. No, old Gippsland town is right next to the highway as well. Okay. As is the football club. They're all right next to the highway. Uh, These are like neighbours. Yeah, I was picturing turning down a road. No, no, this is, yeah, no. It's off the highway. You've got to take the off ramp. So what we've learned is. But the beauty of it is that, you know, take care of all of your needs and then you can re- replenish your energy yeah. with so, a nice... Bloody Whopper or whatever they sell at McDonald's. <laughs> you know they don't sell Whoppers at McDonald's. Whopper. You know they don't. Um, yeah, the reviews for the cafe and the um, old Kipsland town, pretty much overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. One person didn't like a sausage roll. Mm. Oh, it was Cornish pasty, sorry. Said it was uh, dry, microwaved. Oh, and they're oh like, you don't want to fucking microwave Cornish pasty. Well, they're like, we do not oh, mi- soggy. We don't microwave our pastry, so like. Was that the response? Yeah. Well, then what happened? Hard to say. <laughs> All right. I'd almost suggest that if you've got a soggy Cornish pasty, I'd want to hear that it was microwaved. I don't want to hear that you didn't microwave this soggy pasty. Mm. Mm. Had a bloody delicious Cornish pasty in Borough in South Australia. Yeah. 
Uh, Cornish pasty, I don't think I like. There's too many peas for my liking. The, the hallmark of a Cornish pasty? No, the hallmark is how the pastry's done. Mm. I think there's going to be a pea in there somewhere. Probably. So call them pasties in New Zealand. If we can just move slightly east of Maui now, yeah, uh, to a different region known as the Haunted Hills. How long have we been recording? Fourteen minutes. Jesus, Christ. feels like a fucking lifetime. <laughs> So, yeah, the, this was the other thing I found when I was looking up Gippsland Ghosts, and this sort of does also relate to big cats. Mm. Uh, so there is an area called the Haunted Hills, which I did know about already because that's where the Gippsland FM transmitter is. Okay. Uh, Hang on. And they're officially called the Haunted Hills? Their, their official name is the Haunted Hills. Nobody quite knows why they're called the Haunted Hills. So first, the first uh, record of them being called that that I found on uh, this person's website, I think it's called Odd Australia. Uh, 1866. They were talking about putting a railway line through, and uh, but the hills were bloody haunted. Mm. But they still did it. Uh, the hills are quite steep. Mm-hmm. They're quite well treed. Mm-hmm. They're quite shadowy, and uh, as we've discussed, the shadows out in Gippsland are something else. So we're talk- we're talking about Gippsland dark up in these hills. Well, yeah, if it's- but hang on, hang on. If it's Gippsland Dark, where it's, as we acknowledged, the darkest thing in the world, mm. darker than Vanta Black and Black 2.0, yeah. the shadows will be non-existent. This is a good point. Mm. Are you saying when the sunshine is shining, the shadows cast are also Gippsland Dark? Yeah. Okay. The point is it's quite dark, and I think this, maybe this is part of where the idea of Gippsland being especially dark comes from, is that they've got these creepy hills smack bang in the middle of it. Do, is that... And I dare hills also that are called Haunted Hills. Is it just something that we made up on the podcast and have run with that Gippsland is exceptionally dark? <laughs> uh, I can't remember. I feel like Gippsland, <laughs> Gippsland is quite dark. Sometimes, you you know, you're driving through the back roads of Gippsland and you're like, this could do with a little bit of lighting. Mm. Don't forget, you can pick up a proper Gippsland dark t-shirt on the uh, our merch page at cookedunits.com. Oh, yeah. So, some of the theories about why the hills are haunted. Mm-hmm. Uh there is an issue in the hills where cattle don't like them at all. They get spooked and they stampede. There was a big problem with cattle stampeding in the hills. And there were also, there were some explanations for that. Uh, one of which was that maybe there were, uh, uh, what are they, moonshiners? Oh, yeah. People were brewing up some moonshine in the hills. And so they wanted to discourage people from bringing their cattle through. So they'd give them a bit of a fright. Now that theory sort of falls apart because, uh, as some people noted, wouldn't that just invite uh, an investigation into mm. why the cattle was being spooked? Mm. And then that would, you know, ruin the whole point of it. A counterfeiter did get caught out there uh, and they thought maybe this counterfeiter was like spooking the cattle to for that same reason. But apparently he, he was just sort of getting started as a counterfeiter. So he probably wasn't at the cattle scaring stage that all counterfeiters go through. Mm, mm. Uh, one of the other explanations, though, was that there was uh, possibly a coal seam that went under the hills. Uh, so it's right next to the Yulon, where the Yulon open cut is now. And the idea was that this coal seam had burnt out because, uh, you know, they can catch on fire underground. Mm. The whole thing had burnt up. And so there was this big sort of hollow under the ground. 
So when the cattle go over it, they hear all of this sort of echoing coming up from under the ground. It freaks them out. And so mm. they stampede. But uh, this person couldn't find any sort of information about there actually being a coal seam there at all. Right. Uh, but that was that was what people thought at the time anyway. Um, but there was also, I mean, before white settlement, apparently the ind- local indigenous people avoided the area. And so that sort of also added to that, that, that air of mystery when there was white um, invasion uh, that, uh, oh, well, you know, these people we're killing uh, don't seem to like this area. So I'm sure they have their reasons. Let's not ask them. Let's just kill them. Just uh, quickly on that as an aside, when I Googled Gippsland Dark to find out where it came from, whether it's something we just made up, yeah. uh, one of the, the very top results was Gippsland Massacres. Um and there's a Wikipedia page uh, detailing all the massacres of the um, First Nations people here in Australia. Uh, and it's grim reading. Very grim reading. Right. Cool. Jesus Christ. So good stuff for our comedy podcast? Yeah. Well, I'm just, I think we should acknowledge um, how grim things were for our First Nations people. So has is this one of those things that's come around by racist means and they mean that there was a lot of black people? Potentially. Not no, on our podcast, though. Gippsland Dark is just because I said it was very dark in Gippsland. You're like, is it darker than other places? Yeah. I doubled down on it. Yeah, yeah. We just made it up. We did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cam didn't subconsciously come up with something racist. <laughs> <laughs> so also there, there was possibly like underground streams, which would cause noises to sort of come up from the ground. So it, sometimes it sounded like there were cows under the ground sort mm. of walking through, but it was just it could have just been a stream. Anyway, uh, I have a story from the Haunted Hills. This comes from the Trelden Record uh, from October 12, 1915. And what I really loved about this one, I think I've got this one here as well. I think we're going to get into some older newspaper articles now. And what, but what I really loved looking at old newspaper articles about this was that, uh, you know, in the modern day, mm-hmm. in this the year 2020, I'm aware of it. When we can't cancel our mates. Agreed. Or shouldn't. Uh, it's so easy for like a journalist to just slag someone off. You know, you just dial up your CMS, uh, knock out a few, you know, paras. Mm-hmm. Bold headline, hit go. It's up on the web. Everyone's like, oh yeah, what a dickhead. That, I mean, no. Yeah. Unless, unless you're Andrew Bolt. I think Andrew Bolt's allowed to do that. For some ungodly known reason, no one else is. But okay, yeah, but that's sort of that's how you think journalism works in twenty twenty. That's then, how journalism okay. works in twenty twenty. You just uh, got your tweet deck open on a the like the question: uh, Do I have, can I have permission to use this photo? And then you just take whatever stories the other journalists are looking at. So that's the modern day. But back in nineteen fifteen, if you wanted to slag off some dipshit farmer, you really had to go to some ethics. You had to typewrite it out and then. Set the print and then roll the presses. So from the Trelgan Record, October 12, 1915, and note that some effort then went into this. The article, Lioness in the Haunted Hills. The name of Haunted Hills suggests something uncanny, and it is only natural to expect the place to be the abode of spooks and things not seen every day. Various stories are related with regard to the naming of Haunted Hills and some tall but interesting yarns on the subject are told about blackfellows, drovers, and weird things that are said to be responsible for the name. 
But we never heard until the past few days that the said hills, in addition to being the home of bunyips, dragons, unicorns, etc., are also the haunts of lions. And if anyone doubts the assertion, they have simply to ask Mr. Horrid Brinsmead of Driffield, who vouches for the truth of the statement. What a fucking idiot. Is the tone, I feel, Mm. of that. Mm. So on a Saturday morning last, Mr. Brinsmead was out mustering cattle on the haunted hills and had just crossed a deep ravine in Mr. Witt's paddock, about five miles from Morwell when his attention was drawn to a spot where there was a great corroboree among a number of magpies that were kicking up a great shindy. He was at a loss to account for the aerial display by the birds until he saw a yellowish-looking animal suddenly emerge at a distance of about 50 yards from him and to his amazement found it to be a lioness stalking through some low scrub. At the same time, the horse Mr. Brinsmead was riding commenced to bolt off in the opposite direction, and he could not force it to go a yard further in the direction of the strange beast. Who sees a lion or a lioness mm-hmm. and is like, oh, let's ride our horses towards it. This idiot. Mm, yeah. The animal moved along something like a huge cat and disappeared into a dense belt of scrub and has not been seen since. Mr. Brinsmead states that there are no end of dead sheep in the locality, the majority being nearly all devoured, which he attributes to the lioness. He is very positive about the animal he saw being a lioness and reminded doubters that it was only about 50 yards off the beast and knew a lion from a fox, a dog, or any other quadruped. And he is prepared to put up 10 pounds that the animal he saw was a lioness. A party went out with dogs and rifles on Tuesday and another band of hunters is being organised out to go tomorrow when it is proposed to beard the lion in his den. For all your, so you've um, got to make ten pounds. For all your hype of this journalism integrity, uh, I will note for the entirety of the story they were calling it a lioness, and at the end they misgendered it. Yes, it was a different time, Robbo. Mm-hmm. Just a little follow up from the year later in the Hayfield Herald. Mister H. Curtis, a commercial traveller, while on a visit to Morwell District, quite recently, and travelling on a motorcycle on a road near the haunted hill was greatly surprised when mending a puncture to see a wild animal which he took to be a deer hound making towards him. Luckily, he had just finished mending the puncture and quickly mounted his machine and rode off. Mr. Curtis had previously heard of a wild animal killing sheep in the district and on one occasion attacking a man on horseback. Possibly the hound seen by Mr. Curtis was what caused the lion scare. But, this is 1916. Mm. Let me take us back to... 1906, and the Bendigo Advertiser. Oh yeah, still around that paper. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'd say to them? Stay in your lane. 1906. This is not necessarily about that region, but Victoria in general. A menagerie disposed of. So 1906, the 14th of November, there was a circus and menagerie was sold off. Um, at an auction and there were a lot of funky animals sold to just general Victorians <laughs> in 1906. Uh, this bloke from the Melbourne Zoological Gardens purchased a few birds for like two pounds. He also invested in a sloth bear at the low figure of three pounds. Uh, after some spirited bidding, 
he secured a group of four performing lions, Caesar, Nero, Empress, and Princess for 180 pounds. So in 1906, some bloke bought four lions from a circus and then... Kept good care of them. Well, yeah, well, you know, who knows what happened to them really. But then in 1913, another circus was sold in Melbourne. Why could the circus industry not sustain itself? People are just offloading circuses everywhere. Actually, it sounds like the circus industry was saturated. Yeah, Um, (laughs) too many circuses. But, you know, 1906 and 1913... And then in 1915, people reckon they're seeing lions roaming around in the yeah, hills. Yeah, yeah. Can I just have these blokes just let their lions go? Can I just uh, a little circus shoey? I was once doing, on this episode. Yeah, why not? Oh. I was, Let's go for it. I was once making an ad for a circus, and um, the sir, the, the ringmaster. Came. It, it's weird they don't normally let the clowns make the ads. <laughs> So the, he went to work in his little car with 15 other clowns in the back. So whoever this guy, like the circus owner had come in to, I don't know, check the ad or do a voiceover or something. And he was talking to me about um, there'd been some sort of big circus scandal that had just happened, like some animal cruelty, mm. so the, which I think is the main sort of circus scandal. Mm. He was complaining about it because he's like, oh, you know, the RSPCA love this. Every time there's one of these stories, you know, they rake in all these donations. So, yeah, that's just, I guess that's just how it works. Mm. If you've got to mistreat the animals when there's publicity about it, people feel like they should donate. It was like, are you suggesting that the RSPCA is somehow responsible for this circus <laughs> misbehaving? That was a little early little conspiracy theory for Cam what to hear about. does a circus owner Circa, circa 2000 in Australia look mid, like? Mid-2000s. I cannot remember. Mm. I have no memory of it. That's a shame. Um, Salty? There's been a lot of bongs between them. <laughs> There's another story in 1918. That's just a joke, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Mum's not listening at this point in the podcast. There's <laughs> yeah. no way anyone is. <laughs> There's another story from 1918 in the Gippsland Farmer's Journal mm. talking about um, this is more about crazy animals that were sold in Australia back in the back in those days. So apparently, one couple of blokes, they were in, three blokes, they were an enterprising trio. Sure, is that while, what it says? Yep. While one was on a trip to Launceston, says a bulletin contributor, he purchased an elephant that some speculative sailormen had imported from Ceylon, now Sri Lanka. Yep. And in due course, the brute was landed at Port Albert after making himself useful for some years as a farm labourer. So they put this elephant to use as a farm labourer and then brought it over to the mainland. Fair enough. Um, and I think it's hard to read because it's a bit fucked up, the text, but I think they're trying to link that to also having killed animals. A uh, big elephant. Roaming around. See, I feel like the Gippsland elephant would be good. Yeah. You got more? 1933. Mystery beast at Gunya, like a lioness. Mystery of an unknown animal said to have been in a different parts of Gippsland range during the past 12 months have deepened. I'm just going to, I'm not going to go through, read these. I'm just going to go through the years 
and what was being reported. Mystery Beasts, like a lioness. That was the in the Gippsland Times. The Townsville Daily Bulletin reported... Stay out of it again. ...about uh, people clearing... Uh, Bracken noticed a large strange animal crossed the track into a forest area 300 yards away with a head like a cat. Had a distinct wobble. Yesterday afternoon... Two townsmen armed with rifles spent about four hours beating through the forest looking for the mystery beast without any sign. Early yesterday, a resident heard the roar of a strange animal coming from the forest area. Spent the day searching for it without success. One of those people don't have anything to do. Yeah. 1933, December. Mystery animal roaming around Gippsland. Reports confirmed. This is in Cairns Post. Confirmation of reports that a large animal resembling a tiger or jaguar is roaming around Gippsland is provided in a message received by the Chief Inspector of the Fisheries and Game Department from the Brigalong Inspector, who reported that footprints six inches long and four inches wide had been seen. No native animal makes marks of this kind, nor makes a stride of four feet. Why are all these Queensland papers reporting this news? Oh, maybe this is all that's been archived. In one place, the animal had jumped nine feet across the gully. Two girls saw the animal's head and shoulders. They described them as tawny-coloured with dark stripes. Uh, this one... So, the Hobart Mercury, 1934, 3rd of February. After many weeks, the mystery animal of Gippsland has run to Earth. His tracks have been diversely described as those of a tiger, a super dingo, and a panther. A few weeks ago, the inhabitants of one township thought they had him, seeing an unusual tracks in the banks of a flooded creek. Turned out to be a man with every kind of weapon available. They turned out to a man with every kind of weapon available. After some excellent tracking, they ran down the fearsome beast, which proved to be the local postman who had been forced to abandon his boots in the adhesive mud brought down by the floodwaters. The postie was annoyed and said so. So they've seen these footprints in the mud and gone, there's the tiger, tracked them, and it's just the postie who lost his boots oh. in the mud. <laughs> well, <Blake. laughs> um, after some trouble and a fight, oh, no, no, but then uh, it's remained for a cons- constable of the wireless patrol who was on the shooting expedition in the hills near Druin to clear up the mystery. After some trouble and a fight in which one of his dogs was severely clawed, he has brought to Melbourne and lodged in the zoological gardens today something very special in the way of wombats. Apart from his phenomenal size, this wombat has feet formed like no other wombat the curator of the zoo has yet seen. Mm. The zoo has yet, uh, the impression being about as large as a man's hand. According to the latest reports, he is industriously trying to eat his way through an iron fence enclosure. So they caught oh. a giant wombat. In the when was that? 1934. That's pretty cool. I like wombats. The Barrier Miner in Broken Hill also uh, commented on the giant wombat. And then 1934, giant wombat and platypus die. Oh no. So the platypus, were they like friends? I think it was just a massive platypus they found. A half grown platypus got taken there. But yeah, the giant wombat, which they thought was the Gippsland monster, died in the zoo. But then... Do they give it a name? Don't we all? Don't know. 
23rd of June, 1934. Gippsland Tiger again. Hey, uh, just a quick thing. That's why people in the old times never went viral. If they had given it a name, it would have went viral. Yeah. Big chonker. Yeah. One bit, one bit face. Yeah. It would have went viral. Uh, Cinderblock. No, you press keep... Cinderblock, the cat that's trying to lose weight. Oh, yeah. On Instagram. It's, it's a good cat. Yeah. They just keep calling it the wombat. Lame. Go viral. Yeah. So is that the secret to going viral? Yes. One, you, well, it's our you, secret to going viral. Is that how viral? you send all your content viral? <laughs> is this a criticism of my <laughs> unviral content? No, I'm not criticizing. I'm saying. Carry on, salty. I was going to compliment you on your integrity. Thank you. Uh, so this is. In June that year, after the wombat died, someone saw some uh, kangaroos and wallabies bounding across the road. A few seconds later, a tiger, in quotes, crashed through the brush and crossed the road. It resembled a tiger in every way, Mr. Morris said. A large wombat said to be the Gippsland tiger was captured some time ago and sent to the zoo where it died. So they've gone, nah, we got it. It was a wombat. Mm. This bloke's, nah, tiger's still there. Gippsland Tiger again on the prowl. Keeps pace with car. Oh, that's pretty good. 1934. Same same day. This is in Korea. Some kid imagining a little tiger running next to the car on a long road trip. The truth. Is that what you used to do, Cam? No, uh, I'd imagine a little bloke running along next to the car. <laughs> a little Shrek. <laughs> a little Shrek. It's funnier though. Think of a little Shrek instead. Carry on. Remember the, the paper, The Truth? Yes, yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. The truth in 1934, 24th of June, queer beast again. Different time. Either panther or tiger. Yesterday, the big game season has opened again in Gippsland. The township of Traugen is astir. And settlers are finding guns comforting bedfellows. Needs to be said in that old timey radio voice. <laughs> I like that. Spin. The big game season's opened again in Gippsland. <laughs> That's actually good. The township of Traugen is astir, and settlers are finding some guns comforting bedfellows. <laughs> I like that spin that they're like, yes, there is a lion or a tiger here, but that does mean, folks, it's big game season. <laughs> it's also time to snuggle with your gun. The one thing Ripley didn't see in Australia was the Traugen tiger which is popularly supported to have its lair in the something ranges. Is that Ripley, like of Ripley's Believe It or Not? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that's what I say. <laughs> when Ripley was here, he didn't see that tiger. He's like, I can't give a decision. Yeah. And I can't tell you if I believe it or not until I see it. Yeah. So 1934, Gippsland tiger shot yeah. was a crossbreed domestic dog. <laughs> uh, so I don't know whether that was possibly that... Wolfhound or mm. hound that that guy, deer hound that that guy seen. Uh, Gippsland Times, 1934 in October. It has pups now. <laughs> the, the headline, it Mis has pups now. <laughs> Mystery animal again. More residents find. Hang on. So the story is that it has pups. So what this story actually is, is remember the, the big cat of Gippsland now we've seen some small cats. <laughs> yeah, little if, ones. If you can imagine such a thing. Nah. Now, what could the explanation for small cats be? Well, they're the children of a big cat. Mm. Mm. So about two months ago, Mr. W. Dono of Moe shot a mystery animal of the dog type, which may have been some relation to the Tangil Terror. About a week ago in the same locality, which is near the old Moe Wahala Road, and is heavily timbered, Mr. W. Beck observed an animal of similar type disappear into the bush again. 
And they started searching again. They found a hole that they think it went into. They blocked it up. No, they did come up with a viral name for it, the Tangil Terror. Yeah, see, this is about the time when things are going to get spicy. Uh, 1935, Bush Tiger again. Yeah, see. 1935, Fearsome Monsters, Victoria in Spotlight. This one talks about... Um, Some great deals on uh, <laughs> fabric. <laughs> Victoria appears to be in the danger of being overrun with fearsome monsters unknown to science unless something is done about it soon. This is from the Cairns Post. Hard on the heels of the news of the reappearance of the Barwon Heads Sea Serpent near Queenscliff comes a report from Ares Inlet of the appearance of a sea monster which appears to be younger and smaller relative of the creature seen it. Creature, the creature seen it. <laughs> King Queenscliff. And then Gippsland. Talking about another mystery animal. This one. I'll just put in there for you, Cam. I thought you might have found that interesting. New development. Oh, okay. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, no, that's not on. It's about Nazis. That's news from when they were fucking legit Nazis. Yeah. Okay. The, the modern Nazis are also not good, but these Nazis were as... They are the worst Nazis. These ones? Mm. Yeah. That was like the next article in the paper next to the one about sea serpents. It's all going on. 1935, Brigalong's mystery animal. Hunters receive a scare. The Argus, Gippsland tiger mystery, is mystery no longer. Brigalong killer believed to be a large dingo. 1937, mystery animal said to be a large dog. Seems like they'd worked it out. 1937. 1940. There's that panther again. Oh, there's that savage there's panther that again. There's that savage panther again. A big black panther was seen by a man about 25 miles from Melbourne on Thursday. Usually it's a tiger. Mythical panthers and tigers have been reported in Australia ever since the first days of colonization. But the ferocious Tantaluna tiger turned out to be a calf. Oh, we didn't see that update. The Colac tiger was shot and was found to be a pig. The Riverina tiger was a large wild dog. Mm -hmm. There have been numerous others. Australia's nearest approach to a tiger is the marsupial Tasmanian tiger, which is hardly an approach at all. The first mainland report of a tiger came from Western Australia in 1705, 65 years before Captain Cook came to Botany Bay. I feel like the first half of this episode was all about how people in the olden days were, you know, not as dumb as we thought, as we think. And the second half of this episode is all about, no, actually, they were pretty dumb. I mean, this is... I saw a, I saw a tiger. Are you sure you didn't see a pig? This is colonial Australians, though. True. Mm. So this is saying, even before that mystery, animals had been reported. When the Dutch landed on Fos Forestier Peninsula in 1642... They found toe holds cut at wide intervals in the gum trees. They believed giant giants had cut them. The Dutch also reported tiger tracks. Giant giants. I just, just the word was cut off, but I don't uh, realize okay, no, right. it just says giants. Um, yeah, again, some dumb people. <laughs> Dutch. Very uh, smart race of people. Then there's stuff about people Country. reporting. About 94 years ago, the skull of a bunyip was found on the banks of the Murrumbidgee River and eagerly sent to London for expert uh, opinion. The great anat anatomist Owen said it was the head of a deformed foal. Yeah. Oh. Another fucking bunyip skull. Sometimes the bunyip was described as half man, half fish. Well, that's a merman. Mm. 
Idiot. Sometimes it was as big as a bullock. Occasionally it was merely the size of a retriever dog. That was a retriever dog. (laughs) (laughs) Almost always it made a loud booming noise. The last report was about 15 years ago from the Haunted Hills near Melbourne. Oh, as we discussed. Yeah. When an investigating naturalist found that harmless koalas were responsible for this noise. Have you heard of a male koala rutting? Yes. It is insane. There was a there was a viral video of a koala recently. Yeah. Making is that the noise they make when yes. they're rutting? Yeah. Okay. But that's not the noise they make normally. Yeah, bloke koalas if there's like a chick around and they're like a a lady. Mm. But when they're not <laughs> when they're not oh, horned okay. up, they they don't make that noise, do they? Nah. No. No. Every, noise. every time Salty's around, he just yeah. has that effect on everyone. When I was a koala rescuer in Queensland, whoa, 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 whoa. I used to rescue koalas in Queensland. Okay. We've mentioned on the Pretty podcast, which is interesting that Cam didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, has it been mentioned on the podcast? Yes. I think so, yeah. Um, Recently. This, this year, when we talked about bushfires. Yeah. All right. I must have tuned out. Uh, we went to, we, tr- we had a set of trap. Well, the, the rescuer that was on duty before us had set a trap yeah. for a koala around a tree because there was a sick one in the tree. Um, so you set up a big fence around the bottom of the tree. They climb down. They can't get out. Um, Sucked it. Yeah. So we were on the night duty. So it was about 1 a.m., 2 a.m. We got a call to say, I think the koala has been trapped by one of the local residents. The house is backed onto bushland. Mm -hmm. So at 2 o'clock in the morning, we're like with torches walking through like this scrubland. And we find the tree that's got the fence around it. And we're like, okay, there it is. We have to sort of get this sick while into a cage and then just in the, in the darkness, in the distance, that male koala sound just starts like just off in the distance. And as we were working, it was just slowly getting louder and louder. (laughs) So loud. Like this horny bloke was on his way. Yeah. Right. He knew that there was a female koala on the ground. Yeah. And he was like, I'm getting chlamydia today. <laughs> oh, God. He was fucking beelining it for him. Oh, God. And, uh, yeah, it was a freaky noise to hear in the middle yeah. of the night. If I was back in bloody 1940s and pre, pre- and I was, YouTube. like, out in the bush, and you heard that noise, you would be like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Just a horny koala. Uh, Just. 1952, Mystery of Lioness. Circus is in the district, but officials denied a circus animal was at large. Hmm. That's what they would say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there was a, a circus around and then people, uh, this Miss B Cleveland and Mr. H Maiden of Falcon Road, Bomaris, said they saw the lioness through the kitchen window about 2 p.m. It was drinking at a water hole about 100 yards from the home. Mr. Cleveland, who has seen many lionesses in her world travels, said tonight it was definitely a lioness. It's a bit of a, a brag there. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, she just. Not even a humble brag. Yeah. I guess that hadn't been invented yet. No, it's she, a brag. She said that about 3.45 p.m. she saw two men at the waterhole carrying what appeared to be a stretcher. After a short time, the men began digging near the waterhole. When a Melbourne radio station broadcast the news to item about a mystery animal, seven people claimed they had also seen a large animal during the afternoon. It's a real mystery is these men. What's going on there? What's that? These men with a stretcher. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that seems like a, a mystery to me. The lion killed someone down by the waterhole. Maybe she's the only one that saw it. Yeah. So then 90, uh, a couple of days later, 
the lioness that scared two women in Beaumaris in Melbourne suburb yesterday is now believed to be a large dog. Hmm. A big tawny-coloured Alsatian lives on the edge of the swamp, oh. only a quarter of a mile from where the mysterious animal was sighted. There you go. That's the history of the Gippsland panther. Yeah. Um, I've got some modern stuff if you want to just... Uh, there is a guy currently searching for the Gippsland panther. He's. I thought this was a joke because it's on a website called Gippslandia, oh, yeah. which seems to be a legitimate site. It's yeah, not a par- why wouldn't it be? It's not a parody of Portlandia. Yeah. It looks very beautiful. Like, there's nice photos. It's a well-presented site. Uh, Arnold Olsen, who's a former hunty, hunter from Norway, keeps on visiting and he's searching the Gippsland panther. And I was like, ah, it's a joke about some crazy Norwegian guy. But no, it's just a, a Norwegian guy. So it's a crazy Norwegian guy. Yeah, yeah. but like, I sorry, I thought it was a, a, a parody or something, but no. Um, it's just some Norwegian hunt, hunter guy. <laughs> That goes and he hasn't found it. He's Note that he's a hipster as well. He's this not, whole website is hipstery. He's not like a crotchety old hunter. No. He's it's, like a modern young Norwegian hunter. Is he based in Australia or does he come over now? I think and he then? comes and goes. I think we need to get him on the show. I think he's based wherever he is. Next um, time he's here. Also, there has been a... a bit of youth lingo there. A puma-sized cat which has been um, in the Hunter Valley. This happened just over New Year's. Right. Uh, there was a lady that sent a photo into the ABC of this cat sitting on a fence post that she thought was a, a puma. It was definitely just a cat. She's like, you can see from the size of the fence post that it's huge. It's like, it's just a cat. It's a normal sized cat. Yep. Slightly large cat, maybe. Yeah, it's a chunker. Um, but she's like, no, definitely. And other people are like, yeah, no, I've definitely seen, seen it. She's calling it a huge animal. Even um, Kevin... Brunton, founder of Australian Big Cat Research Group, just says um, it's probably a large cat. Yeah. <laughs> it's very large, even if it is just a feral cat. Even the people that are like super into this are like, that's just a big cat. Yeah. But the ABC That's what it's all about, though. It's not a big cat. It's just a big cat. Yeah. What's the difference between a big cat and a big cat? Well, she Nothing says really. she says the cat was very, very, very big and very, very black. So it's look it up. Um, her name is um, Google Big Cat Hunter Valley. Bev Fraser. Bev Fraser. There's a photo on the ABC. Of the cat? Yep. Can I see it? I'll be the judge. How about this? I'll be the judge. Jury and executioner. Uh, it took me to a video. Oh, this you cat. can see a little still. You can't really zoom in. Yeah, it's just a cat. It's just a cat. It, it could not be more a cat. Which bit's the cat? The black bit. In the circle. That's not very big. No. Yeah. It's, it's sitting on a normal-sized fence post and looks normal-sized. Yeah. She struggled to get close enough to video it. Why? I don't know. Maybe she's uh, got a Catophobe. Anyway, some big cats. The, some of those fields can be a bit unwieldy. Yeah. If there's holes in them, rabbit yeah, holes. definitely. You don't want to turn your ankle. You certainly don't. Um, well, Bev certainly doesn't because she was too bloody lazy to do anything about it. Big cats, always going to, people going to see them. People just see things and mm. think, oh, that's a thing. And it might not be, or it might be. Who's to say? Yeah. Not us. Not us. Not us. No. Where can they, people find us online? They can find us at thehypotheticalinstitute.com. Yep. We're on Patreon. Thank you to Tammy, our cooked $33 sponsor. Yeah. We've sent two packages out recently. 
to people? Uh, they'll be going out very shortly. Okay. But I ended up consolidating them into one package. Okay. So you'll be getting one package with two lots of things. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And each one of those things has more than one thing as a part of its component. You'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the point is, they're sick. Yeah. Uh, you can get me at alovertime, alovertime.com. Also, for people who aren't on Patreon, if you join Patreon, we'll send you some cool stuff. Yeah. Sick stuff. Sick. Straight. Fucking yeah. sick. Salty, uh, uh, if you want to interrupt Robbo's racist Australian accent. When are we going to, supposed to get some sick Aussie gear in this podcast? Yeah, I realised. Yeah, what was that? I, I realised too late because he'd said haunted heels. I was like, oh, haunted footwear, haunted heels. Oh, Australian. And then I realised like halfway through that, I'm like, oh, no, I forgot to say it at the start. You can get me at Saltmarsh on Twitter and Instagram, Andrew Saltmarsh Illustration on Facebook. Check out Tohada on Patreon. But check me, out us on Patreon first. Mm. Yeah, you can get me at Sexenheimer on uh, the tweets and you can check out my radio show Thursdays, 4.30pm on 3CR. Yeah, nah, pass her arm. Also for you Patreons, listen to the news show every week. Uh, it's, only, it's not getting as many listens as we'd like, I think. It's getting a few. Yeah, yeah. But a few of you are missing out on some great comedy gold. It's not getting as many listens as there are Patreons. Yeah. yeah. Which doesn't seem right. Yeah. And also... No one's listening now, so that call to action is probably not going to reach many years. Jeez. <laughs> Don't worry about a thing. Except if all our world leaders are alien reptilians. Supply contains mind altering drugs. Don't worry about a thing. Except whether or not Port Arthur was a false flag operation in which to disarm Australia. I said, don't worry about a thing. I accept. You can definitely hear John Lennon say, I buried Paul at the end of Strawberry Fields forever. Don't worry. Not only did Bush do 9-11, but he also keeps the planes out in Area 51, which, let's not forget where all of the aliens are. Don't worry about a thing, except Donald Trump is clearly a woman and you're just blind if you can't see them. Why don't you open your eyes?